Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the VIP Ignite podcast. I'm your host, Janine White. Today, I am very excited to introduce my audience to Melissa Otero. She is a very inspirational woman who is a Latin pop singer. She's a songwriter, and she has some really exciting news and exciting projects coming up. I cannot wait for you to hear from her. Hi, Melissa. How are you? Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to talk to you. I was looking over your um, biography last night, and I got excited all over again. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. It You're was welcome. a very uh, great way that we met, and I'm happy to be here to talk about, you know, the stuff that I've been able to to do with my musical life. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So can you start by telling my audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, so I was born in New Jersey, but I grew up in a little island called Puerto Rico. So if you've never been, it's a beautiful tropical island in the Caribbean. And in my childhood years, I spent it listening to all kinds of music. My parents' influence is, uh, oh my gosh, we did Johnny Cash and, and then Patsy Cline, and then they'd put on Dolly Parton, right? A lot of country stuff, but then they'd go into like Eagles and I don't know. It, it, there was a whole range of music, and I loved it. I Then I started listening to Latin music because, of course, I'm surrounded by um, a lot of – I was in Puerto Rico, so I was surrounded by the Latin yeah. culture. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then there's, there's merengue, and then there's salsa, and then there's all this stuff. But one day I was watching television. Uh, we used to have these huge TVs that was like a furniture, right? I don't know if you've ever seen mm-hmm. those. <laughs> I had one and, of those in my um, living room when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, my God. You had to get up and actually change the channel, right? <laughs> I, I know. So, I mean, kids I'm, today would die if they had to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. It's terrible. <laughs> I think that I was my dad's remote control. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I was definitely my dad's remote, too. <laughs> Oh, get up and change the channel. Okay, Dad. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you got to love the 80s. So I'm watching um, on HBO, I'm watching Gloria Stefan's Homecoming concert, which was, uh, they filmed it in Miami. And I was in. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I look at my mom, and I said, Mom, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. She's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> She's like, nice. you know Thanks, Mom. Hard- She's like, you know how hard that is? And I was like, I don't think it's that hard. Look at this. I can do that. So I memorized the entire concert, all of her moves. I would use our basement as like our Madison Square Garden-esque kind of thing. And I practiced and practiced so many, like, hours, hours on end, right? My, My father used to tell me to stop singing. But... After a while, it's so funny. I was like nine. But then by the time I was 12, my parents realized, no, I think she's actually serious about this. Like she's been 
every day, all she does is she comes home from school and she goes right into her little room and she starts to sing and all of these songs coming out and singing all kinds of things. Uh, By the way, at that age, I had no vocal talent at all. I thought I did, but I did not. (laughs) So my mom starts taking me to talent shows. She starts driving me everywhere. She starts getting me uh, private vocal lessons, private piano lessons. She bought me my first keyboard. She created uh, a home studio for me. I started to learn how to create my own sequences um, and computer using Cakewalk when it first came out. I think by then I was 14. And Okay. We did our first, my first demo. I recorded uh, Tony Braxton's, I forgot the name of the song, but I did a Tony Braxton song. Um, oh, You Mean the World to Me. And I did oh my Bette Midler's The Rose. Yeah, I, I, was, I was like, Bette Midler and Tony Braxton. They're like the same, right? No, not really. But right? it's so <laughs> amazing. Like, I, I love their voices. I love their music. And um. And then my mother helped me write my first song. So she wrote the song, and I created the music behind it. So uh, we oh, went into wow. the studio with the producer. And, you know, all of this stuff was is just something that I loved to do. I spent hours and hours, I, hours a day. I was at home practicing on the piano or singing. And it just was like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And so as years went by, I went to college in Puerto Rico. Um, I continued doing some talent shows, but then I had more of a professional background by then. I was singing in some local cover bands here and there. Um, And it gave me the experience of the things that I really enjoyed and did not enjoy as far as what I wanted to sing live because I may like okay. all my types of music, but you know, as a, as a performer, there are certain things that I feel as, as myself, as an artist, I enjoy more than singing other stuff. Sometimes I just want to be the listener. So yeah. I decided to move to New York. Um, I came out here in 2001 and I just started going to tons of open mics. Um, I didn't really record anything I finally recorded my first EP, and it came out in 2006, I believe, which is available on Spotify and all that stuff. And it was one of the songs, um, My First Everything, became number one in a a radio station in Portland, Oregon, which was pretty cool. Hey, that's awesome. Yeah. And at the time, I just, I didn't even believe it. I was like, yeah, okay, some radio station. I don't know who's listening to that. But, you know, looking back at that, I'm like, you know, that was pretty cool. I, there were people listening. So this is awesome, you know? But the yeah, amount and it's of not a super small, really see, I mean, it's not a huge market, but it's not like Dubuque, Iowa. Or, yeah. You know, it's not like, not, not the middle of nowhere. So that's awesome. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. And, the thing is that we also have to think about we have to start from somewhere. And even if all you get is mm-hmm. one listener listening to your music and they become a super fan of your music, it just they will tell their friends and their friends will tell them, hopefully, right? That's like the thing. Like yeah. someone will tell someone. That's how I get a lot of my music that I listen to, uh, like to listen as a, as a music fan. I sometimes get mm-hmm. people sending me music just to check it out. And 
I'm like, oh, yeah, this is cool. And then I'm like, oh, check this out, guys. I'll post it now on social media. We didn't have that back then. Um, yeah. But, uh, well, we were definitely, by, by definitely grew up in a pre-social media mode world. <laughs> yeah. By, two, by 2006, <laughs> yeah, we did have MySpace and Facebook. But before that, when I was, in, uh, when I was a teenager, you know, I remember making long lines in front of the record store when a record would come mm-hmm. out and you were waiting to buy the CD. And you would pay yeah. $20. This is like really expensive yep. to buy a CD, but you were waiting and you wanted to buy that CD. And I did. I remember doing yeah. that. So, uh, yeah. And, and then um, 2009, I started writing my, my first full-length album, which is, well, no, excuse me, my second one. My first one, I took it, I took it down from the internet. It's called My Spirit. I plan on remastering it and all that. The production for me not every single song was really there. It was a project of love, but that's like, uh, I think that's like a whole conversation in another, <laughs> another time. But that we'll have that follow up podcast like, about that. How about that? That sounds good. I mean, the the songs that came from that, when I still sing them live with a live band, people do love them. I just think it needs a little bit more TLC for me personally. Okay. So that's just maybe my own preference, but. You know, it's all good. Um, but it's, it's your baby. It's your art. Exactly. And you want to put the best version of your art out there and not, mm-hmm. you know, not just whatever and put it out and hopefully someone likes it. No, you you want yeah. to feel good about what you create. So Absolutely. I was writing music uh, in 2009. I was I was writing a lot. And that's when I started writing for my Angels and Demons album, which ultimately has been the most successful project that I've created so far. And uh, half of the album turned out to be placed somewhere, whether it was on television, um, in movies, or in the video game Rock Band, which the song, the title track song is not available on Rock Band anymore, but if you searched it, it shows up. It just says it's unavailable. But... um, (laughs) I didn't know that this was going to happen. I had a vision. So growing up with all of these different artists, listening to all this music from my parents, I also love movies. And I am classically okay. trained since I was really young. Uh, my piano, whatever I studied for piano, it was all classically trained and vocals as well, especially in college. So I love listening to movie scores. I love like Hans Zimmer, uh, James Horner, John Williams. I love just epicness. So I was like, you know, I think I need to, I want to create music that can combine kind of like this epic sound, but also it's still pop. But I also love rock. Mm-hmm. And I like, you know, singer-songwriter style. And I like this yeah. and that. So Angels and Demons became that. The, the title track, if you listen to it, without it being the radio edit version. It has a long intro, this big like orchestra thing. So I am super excited to know that on December 7th, when we do our showcase and SOBs, um, we are doing this, we're going to be a 10 piece band. And it is the first time that I'm playing my music completely live with a uh, string quartet called Spellbound Strings. They're going to be featured and I'm going to bring to the audience how I've always wanted my music to sound live. 
because whenever I create, oh my whenever I create songs, I always think of how would this sound in a stadium? And it's so silly, but I'm like, it needs to sound big. So mm-hmm. I created Angels and Demons, and I never thought that it would get as many placements as it did. It's been, it's it's on the, um, it's on Dance Moms. It, it was part of the season premiere of their third season, and it became the most watched episode of the entire uh, series of eight seasons. It was the most watched episode. I mean, that's no big deal, you know. <laughs> I know. That was the, <laughs> the thing well, is how you I know, found whatever, out. Three million views. <laughs> how did you find out? Well, I, it, this happened on New Year's of 2013. I remember because we were celebrating New Year's. And after we celebrated, it was January 1st. It's evening of January 1st. I'm on my computer at the time I was dating someone that actually plays guitar in Angels and Demons. And I noticed that my videos on YouTube suddenly were jumping from, like, say, 100 views. Suddenly it would say, like, 5,000. I'm like, wait, what's going on? Is this real? <laughs> wow. And I would... And I would refresh, and I'm like, wait, what's going on here? And then I would see comments, dance moms, dance moms. And I'm like, what is that? So I did <laughs> my research. Did you at the time? I, I, didn't, I didn't know. I'm terrible. <laughs> no, well, I, I think that, no, I, you know, I think. Go ahead. What? I'm sorry. I didn't know that it was on the show because the company, the publisher that had my catalog, they have so many artists that they tell you from the get-go that if you get placed, you won't know unless you get paid for it <laughs> when it comes out okay. of your royalties. So I didn't know. And then I did research for like maybe 30 minutes, and suddenly someone posted a video of the girls dancing to my song. But before I clicked on it, I turned to my ex and I said, if I click on this video and it is my song, I think I'm going to faint. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my goodness, did you faint? I didn't faint, but I was ugly crying like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> oh, that's the best story ever. That's awesome. I was, I was like, this is how I'm starting the new year? Oh my God, I can't believe it. This is amazing. Ah, So that like, happened, and it was a snowball effect. They People started buying my music and sharing my music, and, and then girls were dancing to my music and posting videos online, I, and I've seen so many of them, and little girls singing the song, and it's just like I'm, I'm so honored that people love it so much that they feel that way. Like I'm like, wow, I, I know what that feels like because I did that. I do that still with like music from Celine Dion and Gloria Stefan and all my idols. I still do that. I'll, I'll listen to the song. I love it. And I'm going to, I'm going to sing to it. Why not? <laughs> so I, I, I get yeah. it. I know what it's like to, to be a music fan. So that was a, an overwhelming experience. But the thing is at that time, things were just beginning. So after that mm-hmm. happened, um, a year and a half later, uh, the second um, biggest placement that I've had so far was, and I, the same thing happened again. So the telenovela, right, which is Spanish soap operas, um, Reina mm-hmm. de Corazones, which means Queens of, Queen of Hearts, uh, it's, it's, a, it's an American, a Latin American uh, novela but, uh, of Telemundo. But they filmed it, I believe, 
in Mexico, and it was broadcast first in Mexico. So the okay. word out there is that any Latin artist, if you make it in Mexico, it, you're going to explode throughout Latin America. Like, that's what they always say. Okay. And I'm like, all right, cool, okay. So once again, I'm online. I have my songs already. They have their music videos, and, you know, it's all cool. Suddenly, the same thing is happening. Like, one of my videos is suddenly getting all of this, uh, these views within, like, a short span. And I'm like, what is going on? What? I'm like, I got placed again. Because I, I already... <laughs> I was like, this is the thing that yes. happened with this. I, have, I, know, like, I know what's going on. <laughs> and yeah, so I, did, I know. And so I'm like doing the search, and sure enough, I found a clip that someone posted uh, from the telenovela. It starts on episode 35th or 36th. Um, this supporting, these supporting characters, they fall in love. And then after this one episode happens, every time they showed up in the novela, my song would show up too. It was like very dramatic and and just <laughs> very very novella, very soap opera esque like. <laughs> so when That's I found awesome. out what it was, I was like, "This is amazing." The thing is that the amount of views that I got from Angels and Demons was nothing mm-hmm. compared to the amount that I received for Reina de Corazones. So to give you a perspective. In okay. the United States, there were 6 million people watching it daily, only in the United States. In other countries, what? In other countries you, would, you would think 10 million, 20 million. It's an insane amount because this is, you know, you have, you have an audience that watches these things. And as a kid, I grew up mm-hmm. also watching telenovelas. It's a thing that you do. It's a thing you do with your family. Yeah. You're home. You're having dinner. Mm-hmm. We have to watch the novela. <laughs> okay. And I wow. was like, oh, my God, this is insane. Like millions and millions and millions of people, um, they're watching this soap opera. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I need to travel to these countries. So when it was still airing in the U.S., which was a few months after it started in Mexico, I used to live mm-hmm. in Astoria in Queens next to um, my laundromat, and one day I walked in when I knew that the novella was on, and I just stood there by the door, and people were watching it, and my song comes on. And I was like, this is insane. I'm here. People are watching the telenovela as they're doing their laundry, and my voice is playing on television, and they have no idea. <laughs> okay. So, so like, I ha- what was that like for you? Surreal. <laughs> Okay. I'm trying to imagine like how I would react if that were me. And I'm like, I have no clue how I would even like, I have no idea how I would react. react. I'm like, somebody pinch me. I I don't know. (laughs) Is this really happening? And and then after a while, the the novella lasted um, six months. So after a while I got, I got used to hearing it on TV but it was okay. still this amazing feeling that, you know, people love it. They loved it so much that they're buying it, they're playing it on YouTube, they're sharing it around, and they've dedicated their song. Like, I went to Honduras and Sweden this year because a couple that was a, the, a fan of the novella, specifically my song, they chose my song to be their wedding song. 
So they flew me uh-huh. out to sing this, and that was, like, really surreal as well. I'm like, wow, years later, here I am still meeting people that are watching this novella because they keep playing it on television. Every few months, it's, it's yeah. in one country. It's in some countries. So last year at this time, between September and January, one of my videos that a fan posted went from 200,000 views to 28 million. And it was being broadcast <laughs> in Indonesia. Yeah. <laughs> and it was being broadcasted in Indonesia and India. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. This, where are these people? I want to meet them. So, you know, that's, that's where all of that happened. And then, and then slowly, like, you know, life kind of took a toll on certain things financially for me and I had to step back mm-hmm. for a little bit because it can be, um, you know, this business is not a consistent one, you know, um, unless you yeah. have someone that's, con- that's constantly like supporting you and you have a lot of uh, financial backing, which what a label mm-hmm. would do would be that, but I've never been signed. This has all happened to me being completely independent and I'm very blessed and grateful for all of it. So I've decided finally this year I wanted to start writing my new album. So I do have my uh, two new songs for my new album. And on December 7th, we're announcing the title and we're going to sing the first single. Yay. (laughs) That's awesome. Is this this at the showcase you were talking about earlier? Yes. At the showcase at SOBs, December 7th. Woohoo! You can get the tickets online now. Yay. (laughs) <laughs> that's awesome can you do me a favor after we're done talking can you shoot me the information for that so that i'm gonna um i'll definitely promote it on instagram because i have i have a lot of people in new york that would probably eat that up oh yeah for sure thank you yes definitely i'll send yeah. you right after our call <laughs> that's awesome oh my gosh so i have a couple questions i mean your story is absolutely amazing um Thank you. It's awesome. It's so so exciting to talk to someone who, when you were a little kid, like you were practicing in your your basement, and now it's like everything that you visualized for your life has has come to pass. And the most awesome thing is, is like the hard work that you had to put into it. Like you were practicing for hours and hours and hours and getting lessons and all of this. And I love that. And I also love um, a lot of our audience, is um, they're very, a lot of them are pretty new in the um, entertainment industry. So I love also that you were saying, like, when you got to New York, you were doing, like, a lot of open mics and stuff like that. So for someone who is um, just getting started, like, what would you recommend for them? Hmm. Yeah. So open mics are a great way to meet other musicians that are like-minded, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You get to network with people. You don't know who knows who. Um, and it's just a great way to also gain that experience for performing live because I'm a very different performer now than I was 20 years ago because I continuously practice. I perform live. I Tonight <laughs> I have rehearsal with the band at 1030, and we have a three-hour rehearsal. Oh. So, it just gives at you a perspective. At <laughs> we, we live in New oh York. It's the only time that everyone was available. 
<laughs> and this, I'm, this is crazy. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome. It's awesome that you said that too, just because like you're not in a nine to five job, like it's your passion. And if 1030 at night on a Tuesday is the only time people can get together, you have to do what you have to do because you have to be prepared. So, I mean, that's part of the grind is something people don't talk about either. Like people are like, Oh my gosh, the lights, people are cheering for me, this and that. But like the reality is you, you have to practice. And sometimes it's at 1030 at night on a Tuesday. I love it. Yes. That's a, That's so true. And you think about it, we put in hundreds and hundreds or thousands of hours, right? Years and years of practice. Yeah. To get that 15-minute, 30-minute on stage, one hour on stage, to mm-hmm. talk to the audience through music, to be the messenger. And it's it's really crazy. It's like, wow, I sing for myself all day long until I can finally get on a stage and, and see the audience that enjoys what I do. But we love it. We yeah. love it. It's, it's a sharing yeah. kind of thing, right? We just want to share our love. And the way that we love mm-hmm. is through our voice, is through our musical talents, whether we play an instrument or we write songs. And all of that, it's, we're very sensitive people as well. Like from, from what I gather from other musicians, I think we're all very sensitive, especially when, we, when it comes to our creativity. So when, when we create something and it isn't well-received, we might feel bad about it, but then we're like, you know what? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. This one may have not worked out the way you hoped, but it's what you wanted to create. So, yeah. you know, maybe that, that's not the song. Maybe the next song that comes out is the one that touches people a little bit deeper than, uh, than you expected. And that's, you know, it took me by the third project, which was Angels and Demons, for my music to get anywhere. Three projects. Yeah. But I had been already doing music by that time, about uh, almost 20 years. So, yeah, you know, it's a long time. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's awesome. And I love I love what you said that, like, um, I'm totally quoting this when I um, post podcast, but I love that you said the way that we love is through music. And I think that's something that people really need to grab a hold of. Like, if you're going to become a musician or an actor or a model, you have to, that, you have to love the art you have to love the craft and you always have to be honing the craft and like I think that mm-hmm. there I think if if no one takes away I mean your story is absolutely phenomenal but if no one if anyone only takes away one nugget I hope that's what they take away like you have to love the craft in order to go through doing this for 20 years until you get some traction because you never know I mean one day you may be sitting there on New Year's Day just checking your YouTube and all of a sudden it explodes <laughs> and you don't even, you don't know when it's going to happen. But you have to be persistent and you have to love what you're doing. Like I your story is like I like this needs to be a you need to write a book one day. I hope that's in the works down the line because that's You know, awesome. I did. I did start to write you a book a, book a long time ago. I I started to write it but then I stopped and you know maybe one day I'll finish it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean when you're that's I mean, not a bad idea. You have a lot of music. You have a lot of music you have to write, but I want to note it that on this night we talked and I said you need to write a book cuz your story is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'll keep that in mind because I did start it. Oh, this so. was over 10 years ago. 
and now maybe okay. you know if when the time comes maybe I'll I'll finish it and you know yeah. who knows where that takes me because the truth is that uh, in the industry many many musicians many artists they think that the only way to make it anywhere to make it is to be signed to a label and to make millions of dollars and sell out stadiums. I think mm-hmm. for me personally, that could be the ultimate. I made it, you know, like, oh my gosh, I am like Taylor Swift over here. I don't know. But mm-hmm. where I'm at right now, knowing that people love what I do, I've never signed any contracts with anyone. I've had opportunities and I've met people. I've met with, mm-hmm. with many labels, but I don't think that my music at the time, these uh, these industry folks were ready for it. So, okay, because what I what I create is, I don't I don't I haven't found another artist that does music the way I make it with the epic, you know, soundtrack kind of esque music behind the pop song, but. Okay. Um, you know, I'm open to now possibilities. If the opportunity comes yeah. and someone says, you know, I'd like to sign you, uh, sure. You know, I'm. I think that now at my age, I'm more aware of what I would like to have in that contract. I wouldn't say no from the get-go, but I wouldn't say yes without seeing what they're offering. You know, so just being open-minded That's and awesome. speaking your truth is very important. Something that I had a long time. To learn how to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's so important. Like speaking your truth and just knowing where your lines are. Like I think that that's something that a lot of young artists need to figure out too. That um, you just need to know what your boundaries are, what your limitations are, and truly who you are, so that when you sign the contract, it's the right contract for you. Yeah, and is that what you want? Do you want to do that, yeah. or do you want to be free from any contract? And if you're free from contract, you can still make things happen because it's happened to you. Awesome. Well, Melissa, I know this is absolutely unbelievable, but our time is up. Can you believe that? That half hour, like, that was the fastest half hour I've had in months. I can't even tell you. This was a really fast half hour. Oh, my gosh. I know, right? I know. Sometimes it's like, okay, come on. But, like, like, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast tonight. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for your energy. And can you just tell my audience where they can find your music? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So, yes, you can check out my music at melissaotero.com. That's O-T-E-R-O. It's also on Spotify, on iTunes. I have a a few music videos on YouTube. I'm very easy to find. I try to make that so that anyone who's looking for my music, they don't have a hard time finding it. Um, and just stay tuned for the new album. So if they want to come to my show, uh, you know, th- they can message me on Facebook. If they need to know the exact link, they can go to my website. They can purchase it right from the website. And hopefully uh, I'll see some friendly faces that listen to this podcast. I sure hope so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the link and make sure that it's attached to the um, podcast and also when I um, post on Instagram after this. So I, again, I'm so excited for you. And we definitely should schedule a time to talk in the new year again. Cause I definitely wanted to hear how everything went with the showcase and all of that. So I'll definitely be in contact oh, yeah. to get you back on the show. 
And hopefully Thank I'll get you to New so York soon. I get great. to meet you face to face. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, let me awesome. know and we'll we'll hang out and we'll have coffee and we'll talk about music and about the future. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Well, thank you so much, and have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for your time tonight. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, too, and happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays, and we'll talk soon. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the VIP Ignite podcast. I hope that anyone who is an aspiring musician learned a lot from Melissa's story. Um, Yeah, so definitely make sure that if you enjoy this content, make sure that you subscribe to the VIP Ignite podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. I do have a lot of amazing guests coming up. And if you are interested in learning how to become involved with VIP Ignite, please make sure that you go to our website at ammsociety.com and get registered for an upcoming live webinar. We do have a big event coming up in Hollywood in June that you do not want to miss. So thank you so much for your time and have a great evening.